You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network, featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is Black Hollywood Live. Next, featuring intimate and in-depth interviews with Black Hollywood's next edition of Stars and Influencers. Black Hollywood Live. Hollywood redefined. You're listening to Black Hollywood Live. And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live. Next. Oh hey! 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 hey. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to Black Hollywood Live. Next, I'm word vomit right here. Happy Friday! Thank you for joining us. I'm your host Jessica King, also the producer of Fox's hit show. It's a hit. Dish Nation. It is. Uh, and I'm joined by my two wonderful co-hosts. Hello. My name is Megan Thomas. You know me. Nick Purdue. You know me. You know me. You know me. Short and sweet. That's all, that's all we get. That's right. It. Yeah. That's we have a very special guest today. Oh, we do. We do. <laughs> you may recognize him as Omar from Single Ladies, also known as Travis Winfrey. Woo! Hi, Travis. What up, man? What's up? What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining us. Uh, yes. Thank you for having me. You bribed me with Coke. Mm-hmm. Oh, Coca-Cola. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Start to show oh, off right. Totally. You got me like here. That? You gave me Coca-Cola. <laughs> no, Rick James over here. <laughs> I am on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get right into it. Um, growing up, you know, your mom is actually from Trinidad. Yes. And uh, West Indians are known to run a strict household. I was about to say, how y'all know she beat the... <laughs> right, that's exactly what I was thinking. Um, yes, no, uh, they. So I guess I don't need to ask if you had a stricter br- upbringing, <laughs> but uh, tell us a little bit about like, were there any rules that back then when your mom was raising you, you're like, damn, and now you kind of look back and you appreciate it. You know what? I I have to appreciate everything that they did. Apparently, I got a country dad. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, a different type of country mom. My mom is from the third world country. They feed you and beat you. It's mm. what they do. <laughs> My dad didn't know how to discipline. He's from Kentucky, so they either Shut stab you. I'm yeah. from Kentucky. Oh, man. I'm, did you get stabbed with a pitchfork? I fork? did a That's, lot. But know. my father, he's from Kentucky. What uh, part is your dad from? Uh, Crocus County, Kentucky. Oh my gosh, he, yeah, he's it's country. deep, <laughs> deep, deep in the country. So, I mean, I got tag team, like, my dad would come home and my mom would be tired and he'd be like, let me get some, beat my ass, man. But, um, I'm, I'm grateful for the discipline because I, I learned, I learned how to differentiate a lot of things early on because of that. You get a lot of time to be pissed off and angry when you're a kid and you you spend a lot of time thinking about how the world should operate this isn't fair that isn't fair so you learn a lot right from wrong and uh a justice system i guess in your own Mm -hmm. sense Uh, that that's what i took out of it and you can't hurt me physically anymore like you couldn't (laughs) like i skin like armor my ass and my back just (laughs) impenetrable (laughs) <laughs> that was a great pun. That was a great pun. <laughs> <laughs> so you are definitely a smart kid. I mean, well, you let me go through this list because apparently there's a lot of stuff. You took your SATs in eleventh grade. You did great. You were a government page. What is the government page? I don't even know what that um, is. You run around doing errands for the 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 representative in your state. Uh-huh. Early age. I mean, you wow. know how the political system works. Wow. Okay. So you were captain of the debate team. Not really the captain. Uh, the de facto captain. 
Yeah. I mean, okay. um, it was a small magnet program, so okay. it, it circulated and no one else wanted to do it. None oh. of us really wanted to participate in this. It's the funny thing about the magnet program is you get taken out of the easy class and put into something that is a smaller number. And in high school and middle school, you don't want attention. Right. You want to draw or get recess or whatever it is. But we had a different type of social studies. So, yeah, you're in the advanced placement. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Magnet Fun program. times. Fun times. That's because of my mom. <laughs> Third world country. You, right. There you go. Education is important. No other option. Right. Yes. It's very important. Yes. You know how that goes. Right. And <laughs> lastly, you studied astrophysics physics at Georgia State? Yes, before I dropped out, that was what my major was. I wanted to study uh, physics was something that was, uh, it made sense to me. I love, I love science and I, right. I liked the action and the reaction of physics, the laws, the set standards, and then, you know, stars and planets, you add that in there, you got astrophysics. Right. Quickly dropped out of college, though. <laughs> and do it in boy band. Yeah. That's the story of my life. Um, <laughs> you, what made you go, I'm going to choose a different entertainment type of career versus being a Nobel Peace Prize winning astronaut? <laughs> well, honestly, the, the performance part of it was always there. I, I don't think that I, I was ever going to sit in an office or or listen to somebody else, else tell me what to do. Um, you know, I... I I never felt that was going to happen. I was just following the motions. It was either that or electrical engineering. You know, that's how that's how it was in my mom's house. So, uh, the different type of entertainment industry is it just it just is where I fell into. I mean, every job that I had, I lost and then ended up getting something else <laughs> that led me towards this. You know, the the band thing was a character education group. We got dropped from the labels after I had that big merger, and um. I was just stuck in New York, and somebody found me and told me I should act. Everybody was doing a Scarface monologue at some competition, and I did next Friday. Thanks, Mike Epps. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it happened. Honestly. Was your mom upset that you wanted to take the well, <laughs> Honestly, I left um, school. I mean, I left home and school pretty early. So I graduated high school on my own, but I didn't stay at home so much. Uh, so, you know, that was – my parents didn't really have much of a say after I was 16. Okay. Catch my drift. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Doing your own thing. Yeah. Well, so you are uh, also mixed with Italian. Yeah. Right? So yeah. Uh, what was it like growing up as a biracial kid? <laughs> so funny story is I didn't know that my biological dad or my dad who raised me from Kentucky was not my biological father. I didn't find out until I was 15. I found a picture of this guy just stood like me in a picture that my mom had. And I had to ask her who he was. So, long story short, she told me, oh, uh, yeah, that's your biological father. I had just finished making fun of my sister telling her she was adopted, too. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hilarious. Hilarious. So, um, I spoke to him once on the phone, and, you know, he, he told me about himself and where he came from. He was adopted as well, so he told me as much as he knew about him, and that was it. He was, uh, he was uh, an important but absent figure in my life. So how uh, did you identify yourself? I, I never did. I just knew I didn't want to be like the negative representations I saw around myself. When, when I'm, you know, there's a lot of a lot of mix in Atlanta, and I'm a military brat. So going from New York to Kentucky to Atlanta to the suburbs of Georgia to the city of Atlanta, you see what more of what you don't want to be like, mm. um, as opposed to what you do want to be like. You know, I never had, I never wanted to be like anything. Just didn't want to fall into that category. Yeah, no, but like, did did the did the kids in school like did they kind of identify you as? Oh, yeah. You know, oh yeah, you get the light skin jokes. You know, light skin's out of style. Blah blah blah. Yeah. You know, Shamar Moore, which is hilarious now that I actually <laughs> see <him. laughs> <laughs> 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 um, 
but or the the barge, but. I can see that. That's funny. That's funny. That's, <laughs> funny. that's funny. That would have been always a ba- It was always a badge of honor to me. I'm like, thanks. Yeah. Right. Thanks. I, I enjoyed it. I never had a uh, a negative feeling about being biracial. It just opened up more doors for me than I, I thought possible. Okay. Well, you know, and uh, you know, both Trinidad and Italy have amazing food. So if you had <laughs> to pick one, which one would be your favorite? Oh, man, that's hard. Uh, I would have to go with Trinidadian because uh, Trinidad is such an eclectic mix of cultures. They have Indian um, from India, Asians. So you hear a, an Asian woman with a, a Trinidadian mm-hmm. accent. That's yeah. some blow your mind first time you hear that. <laughs> so uh, you, get, you get a mix of everything. You get curry. You get rice. Uh, you know, you have a little of Italian influence in there, I'm sure. I mean, it's everything in Trinidad, so I would pick Trinidadian food any day. Well, singing has been part of your <laughs> life for quite some time. You briefly mentioned earlier that you were in a boy band. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that story and how you got involved with that. Well, um, that's a funny story. I was in school. I was doing okay, and uh, I had a girlfriend who wasn't so okay in our relationship, and um, I found out about it, and uh, I was holding it in. I was picking her up from work one day, and I came in early, like, at this club, and I was just singing some genuine song. And a guy walks past me, just totally thought he was BSing me. It's like, yeah, man, that's good. You should hit me up. He was drunk. He handed me a card. It turned out to be uh, Kyle from Jagged Edge's cousin. He took me to oh, their wow. house and recorded a little demo. A few months later, some guy from So So Deaf, like, heard it on his desk. Um, and I had confronted my girlfriend as she was going to Sweden. So he said, you have two weeks and we're sending a character education group out on the road. You can come or no. And, uh, I put all her shit out. (laughs) um, I dropped out of school and I went and I was, I did that for four years. Wait, so you actually called this guy? Yeah, I called him back. Yeah. (laughs) I had nothing to lose. I called him back. Um, you know, they were replacing somebody in one of those corny groups that goes to your school and does like, you know, stay in school kids and don't do drugs. I was that guy. I dressed up as like Lil Romeo and Michael Jackson. I breakdanced and sang rock songs and we set up our own equipment. And so I learned a lot about performing in that. I learned to not have any vanity. And I also learned how to perform with a group. And, and we actually became something. We started doing Disney shows. We got yes. signed and then we got dropped. And then <laughs> I ended up in New York acting. Nice. Well, uh, before I move to my next question, I'm just going to ask if you could move your mic a little closer to your mouth so we could hear you loud and clear. Thank oh, you. Got you. It. There you go. You, there you right, go. Right. Are you allowed to say what your group was called? Yeah, it was called Next Page. I mean, oh. you can try and find us. Good luck. <laughs> we made sure we cleaned all that out. Yeah, we cleaned it out. I'm sure we could find something. No, I, we have some, we have some throwbacks. Yeah, we, we have some songs. Maybe next time I come by, I'll bring and what song did you? What genuine song did you sing? Oh, my gosh. Um, Give us a little snippet. <laughs> um, damn, well, I don't even remember which what Pony? it was. No, 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 no. It was, some, it was something way more pissed off than that. Like my girl had just cheated. It was uh, I worked my finger. Said I work my fingers down to the bone. Oh, there we go. Yeah, you know that song. <laughs> yeah, put it down from nine to five, so you should know. I was singing and dancing and pumping and grinding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's how it went. But okay. Yeah. yeah. Woo! There you go. Yeah. Next time. Yeah, no, I got the job. I got the job. <laughs> <laughs> well, you now have a band called Peach Tree Industrial. Yes. How yes. is this band different than your than Next Page? Well, Next Page was, um, we were not actually a group. We were just five guys who didn't care. 
And then we became a group. We all learned how to harmonize and uh, sing and dance and do the choreography. And uh, Peachtree Industrial is just what I always wanted to do. It's funk and rock. It's all the stuff I grew up on, like Earth, Wind, and Fire and, you know, P-Funk and just every influence I've ever had, a little R&B and everything I ever learned. It's that. with just guitar, bass, drums, vocals. What can we look forward to from Peachtree Industrial? <laughs> well, Peachtree Industrial is coming out. We, we've... It's been very difficult with the show. I'm grateful for single ladies, but mm-hmm. it has taken every ounce of my time doing that. So I had to put the band on hiatus until this summer coming up. But we will be having our single come out. Um, it's called Chasing You. You'll hear Ooh, soon. I will make sure. To I'm it. holding everything close to the vest <laughs> right now. Nice. I'm excited. Because I like to sing. Uh oh. Yeah, Uh-oh. it is. It is kind of sad. <laughs> so you started acting pretty late, you know, more than most people, uh, about 24, right? Yeah, yeah, like 24, 25. And a lot of people feel like right out of high school, I'm going to be an actor. Yeah. I'm going to make it. Did you ever feel like you had to play catch up with the competition? I did there for um, maybe two years. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you, you of course, have, you put your time you constraints on yourself. You say, I got to make it by the time I'm 25, or I got to do this by the time I'm 30. And then when you realize you're not in control, you quickly let that go. Quickly, right. yeah. It was very easy to let that go when I realized I'm not in control. And plus, you get more parts when you're older. The more things open up, especially as black male. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, you had been acting in L.A. for about four years, and you decided to take a year off. Yes. You went to Atlanta, and single ladies kind of just happened. Like, yeah. talk about right time, right place. Are you a firm believer in, you know, everything happens for a reason, everything happens when it's supposed to? I wouldn't say I'm a, I'm a firm believer of the whole, like, you know, everything happens. You got to get up and get off and do mm-hmm. something. You know, I, I don't – I think you have to go get it, but – yeah, it was. I mean, serendipitous. Yeah. I had been doing the whole guest star, co-star thing here for a while, and then um, I went home to take care of my mother, and my manager told me there was a part just hanging out there before you come back. You should try it, just to audition to get your feet wet again. And um, I got it, and it wasn't Omar's part. It was a different part um, of one of Lisa Ray's boy toys. Mm-hmm. And I asked him after I read the script, can I play Omar? And it, it worked out very well. What what had you initially? What was your initial plan for your year off? Well, uh, nothing. Just going home and rejuvenating because mm-hmm. LA is hard, especially right. when you're not getting the lead parts and stuff. So I had to just go back home and touch uh, touch base with myself, mm-hmm. just see my family and come back with new strength. But, Re-energize. Yeah. yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. Okay, so on Single Ladies, you play my favorite character, Omar. Uh oh, <laughs> I love Omar, and. He's the token gay guy yes. amongst the ladies. Is that hard to play a gay character, especially because you're <laughs> not gay in real life? It gets it gets hard. It wasn't at first, but um, it's hard to maintain that balance, you know, of not being a stereotype and also finding new ways to represent an old trick. You know, I mean, it's it's very. It, I'm not the first guy who straight guy who's played gay. I'm definitely not the first actor to play an opposite role for right. sure. But right. um, it, it is harder to. To, to show something new, but thank goodness for the writers. Right. Mm-hmm. To work with. Do people automatically assume you're gay in real life? Yes. So what yes, is, until what is they that hear c- me say something, I guess. So then they're like, oh, you're straight. Uh, like, well, yeah, it's a little less than that, but they're like, oh, you know, at first I thought you were, <laughs> but after I heard you talk, no. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Get used to it, huh? Yeah. Think whatever you need. <laughs> Well, you know, you, you've also made it a point that not to come off as a stereotypical flamboyant uh, gay male we often see, you know, portrayed on television. But uh, why was this important to you? 
Well, I mean, you know, other than the career, you know, of course, you, you're scared you're going to damage your career. But there is – it's an actor's job mm-hmm. to represent whoever's story you're telling. Uh, you know, it's not about you looking great or about making the show, you know, be spectacular. It's just about representing whoever's point of view you're telling as best as possible. And I don't think that – I don't think that doing anything other than playing a character – as a normal human human being would justify a gay, lesbian, transgender, or bi community at all. So I just wanted to be a normal person. How did you uh, prepare for the role? Um, <laughs> I, I actually ju- I didn't. <laughs> I just let it come out. I, I really do. I just let it come out. You didn't watch any like any other movies or anything. Just kind of no, not it's at talent. All. Right. Well, let me ask you this, though, because, uh, you know, for years now uh, in black Hollywood, right, you know, they say in order for a black actor uh, to really make it and go mainstream, he has to play either a, a gay role or he has to wear a dress. Oh, right. Yes. So uh, do you believe this to be true? Well, it happened for me after I did both. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wore a dress on Mad TV once. I was yeah. Playing with Marlon the Wayne's white chicks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I mean, right after I played Omar, stuff started to happen for me. So I, I, I mean, I don't buy that stereotype, but Hollywood is very stereotypical. You do have to play ball. Yeah. You know, I mean, who's to say what would have happened had I not taken the role of Omar? That's true. That's true. Now, did, uh, did any of your friends kind of give you a hard time when they found <laughs> out that you were playing Omar? I'm like, come on, Travis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, my boys actually, we, we talked about it a lot, and they thought it was probably one of the smartest moves ever. Mm. I, I think so as well. Supportive. That's good. That's yeah. Great. yeah, yeah. I have some great friends. I only have two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you, we mentioned a little bit earlier that for the first couple years in LA, things weren't necessarily going according to plan. You had a lot of guest star roles, but nothing was really sticking. How did it feel when you landed the role of Omar and you were finally a major part of a cast? Well, when I first got Omar, I was actually just um, a guest star in the first season, so, oh, in the first episode. And when they asked us to come back, they were like, you have eight episodes. So I was just, I had never worked so consistently before, so I didn't know what it was. I was just grateful to not have to wait tables. Mm -hmm. So when I got picked up as a series regular, you know, changed overnight. But it also gets scarier because now you can't have a regular job, and I have to keep that going. Now I have to find more work. Tough life. <laughs> Tough life. Yes, especially because you're surrounded by some of the most beautiful women. Yes. Stacey Dash, Lisa Ray. I mean, just you're, I'm sure every man is so jealous of you. Yes. How do you stay so focused on set and not go, oh, let me go get her number? They, they've become like my sisters. Okay. Yeah, I mean, trust me. As you know, being around women. Yeah. Yes, on a, Who, on a consistent. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are like sisters. You know? yeah. like, I mean, really what? Like yeah, you hear. I mean, you hear stuff, and you you get to know them very well, so intimately. I'm, I'm. They're very fun to be around. They treat me like a little brother. I love it. Yeah, I. I but yeah, bad women. <laughs> bad women every day coming on set. What's the best part about being on set? Um. Oof, the free food. Oh, the crafty. They have crafty. Of all. <laughs> Such a man answer. I mean, what can free I say? Free food. Free food. Every man in America wants your job, and you're like, right. the food. <laughs> the free food. 
Well, you know, VH1 kind of entered uncharted territory with Single Ladies as its first scripted series. And now there's like so many networks kind of following suit, like MTV, Bravo, even E! Entertainment has announced that they're trying to get some scripted shows on their network. Um, do you feel like you guys kind of started the trend? Do you have to sneeze? Oh, no, no. Oh. Not. <laughs> For some reason, I'm getting kind of like hot and cold at the same time. Yeah, we have that effect. Yeah, you guys are making me have hot flashes. Um, I think that I think it's a great trend to be going towards scripted. Um, I know that E! Entertainment has been looking for it for a long time, and that's a great sign as well. I think being the flagship show on VH1, they're very supportive, and just, you know, their, their other show hit the floor. They have two other shows they're filming right now, so I think that is the trend. I hope it stays that way. It's putting a lot of actors to work. Knowing that VH1 kind of took a chance with you guys as the first show, does that make the success even that much sweeter? Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. It's kind of like a, uh, we told you so. Everybody thought it was going to, oh, it's a reality show. And, you know, if they're a reality network, it probably won't work. But we're back. Nice. Okay. So when, uh, you know, beautiful Stacey Dash was on the show. Mm-hmm. She, um, there's rumors swirling around that her and Lisa Ray got in a cat fight, so that's why she left. But then, you know, in a statement, she said it was because she wanted to spend more time with her kids. That's actually true. It is true. Yes, yeah, so she, her kids were on set, and she was kind of heartbroken a lot when okay. every, every week it was, it was oh. hard for her to watch her kids go back. She had a little seven year old daughter, and her son was like 20, so, I mean, her daughter was adorable. I could see why. Right. We film in Atlanta. If we filmed in LA, she'd probably still be on the show. Right. How did that affect you guys? Did you know that was coming? No. Terrifying. Okay. Wow. You don't know if you're going to come back for another uh, season. Your, your captain is gone, so. And then just, you know, she left, what, two weeks before season two was set to kick off? And... Well, yeah, we knew. I mean, we knew a little bit before that. Okay. But, yeah, but you you never know, especially me. I'm new to the biz, so I had no idea what the protocol for that right. was. I just assumed I was out of work. Right. And you were like, darn you, Stacey Dash. I told her, please don't do this to me. (laughs) (laughs) On your knees. (laughs) So then she was replaced pretty much by Denise Bossy. Yes. Denise Bossy's character, um, Raquel. What was that transition like with a whole new storyline, a whole new person? Well, we all showed up on the same day, honestly. Um, Denise and I had contacted contacted each other in, uh, in New York. We were both there at the same time and just talked about the show for a little bit. So it was... Really smooth transition. We, we we all got along so well right away. Okay. Do you still keep in touch with Stacy? Every now and then, I, I email her every now and then. Oh, that's yeah. good. That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> What's the hardest part about uh, not only being a black man in the entertainment industry, but being a black and white man? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's honestly harder to get placed. You know, you have mm-hmm. a say if. Samuel Jackson was going to play my dad. They have a lot of explaining to do for my mother. You know, I think times are changing a little bit <laughs> yeah. more. But as a light skin actor, you're, you know, you're not what they're looking for when they say African American. Right. Yeah, they, they'll normally say multi ethnic or mixed, which is very rare. Okay. okay. Do you think that's like a double edged sword though? Because I feel like a lot of ignorant people out there, if they were to see that you had a white parent, would be like, what? Like, right. they, they wouldn't n- recognize that you're mixed with right. But he's not Dominican? Right. I, got <laughs> right. I get Spanish a lot, too. Right. But I, I, it's one of those things that you can't control. You know, we can't control it. Thank goodness um, writers write what they know. So Stacy Little John wrote a lot of light skinned people, and I'm grateful. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Light skin is in. 
Um, how is it? Is it it's always <laughs> is it? Is it Megan? Okay. Too bad I'm on Team Chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> but um, how has playing the role of Omar affected your love life? Well, I mean, I've had a pretty steady girlfriend for a long time, but okay. uh, you know, it makes it you can't trust anybody anymore. You know, I don't know if girls are attracted to me because of of what I am or what I am doing. Ah, gotcha. Yes. You know, you never know. It's a very thin line. Even the ones that you knew before, all of a sudden, you're just a little more interested. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure why. Right. TV does that, though. Right. It has that effect. You know, TV TV does that. Speaking of, of the uh, show, though, because it revolves around the age-old question, what do women really want? Mm. So, uh, have you uh, found the answer <laughs> to this question? Tell us. Yes. <laughs> women want to know what they want. Yeah. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. I don't know. <laughs> I know. Changes all the time. I don't know. You like my cop-out answer? Yeah, that is a good I answer. I don't know. I Nick have no needs idea. help with this question also. So, I definitely do. You and me both. <laughs> both lost. I'm lost completely. That's a safe answer, so your girlfriend won't be mad at you, right? That's a safe one. You hear that, babe? What are some great qualities about your woman? She's very understanding. I mean, okay. she she's like you got to be very understanding to date somebody in this business. I mean, I throw temper tantrums. I get depressed. I'm like, I'm never. No one's ever gonna book me again. No one loves me. Blah blah <laughs> blah. You know, and she's there to um, to either be mean at the right time or to be soft at the right time. You know, it's very. I'm very lucky. It's important. Well, now that your acting career has taken off, the possibilities are endless. <laughs> You're soaring through the wind. I'm great. Um, you know, you already work with a stellar cast. Like, who are some other actors that you would love to work with someday? Oh wow! I mean, that's a that's a tough one. I would love to get a chance to work with Will Smith. I would love to work with, um, you know, Ryan Gosling, maybe Robert Downey Jr. Some of the you know some of the guys that are doing big things now. Me and Ryan Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe Kevin Hart and I could do Bad Boys, a TV series. <laughs> you better put that out there. Right, I got yeah. it. Got it. Are there any roles that you like have your heart set on that you would love to play someday? No. No. no? I'm open to whatever's coming. I can't, I can't foreshadow any roles because that will never happen. I'll torture myself. Right. Unless I write it myself. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, you have uh, stepped into producing uh, with the TV show. I'm going to mess this title up. It's Brooklyn? 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 Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Yeah, it's just okay. Brooklyn. Okay, because it's spelled a whole bunch of E's in there. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> that one I can't talk about too much, but um, the other one, Last Hours, is the feature film. Um, that one is involving my band doing the rock music, so it'll have a lot of sex, drugs, rock and roll, and um, I get to sing. You'll hear get to sing, hear me sing for the first time on that. Not the first time. We just heard it a little while. Oh, that was not singing. Come on, come on. I was like coughing into the mic, the lyrics. (laughs) What what made you want to be a producer and how has the experience been? Well, like we previously said, that's the only way you can control your career. Um, And it has been very difficult. Uh, Nothing has been produced. It's a lot of learning the first ten times until you actually become a name or you get, get some name credibility and then you people answer the phone now now i can get stuff produced because mm-hmm. i've proven it so i think you know it's a it's a catch-22 it's you have to people have to know you before you know them in order to get your project done and that's how it's turning out it's working out very well very fast now though a lot faster than those 10 years before mm-hmm. right wow 
Well, speaking of some of the 10 years before, what were some of like the, the major difficulties that you've faced in your career? It, you know what? It hasn't been difficult. It's been a great journey. I can't complain. Um, there have been ramen times, you know, the <laughs> hard, poor times, but it, it's not difficult. Uh, I'm very aware of other people's struggles. I think it would be difficult if I wasn't trying it. Now, that would be the hardest part. People sitting at their desk, not they want to do it, but they're not giving it a shot. Right. Yeah. yeah. What has been the biggest lesson that you've learned so far through this journey? That I don't know anything. I really have learned to realize that I, I don't know. I don't know anything yet. I'm still open to everything. Okay. That's a good answer. <laughs> I like that answer, actually. Now, have you had any, you know, crazy fan experiences? Because, you know, now that you're Omar, everybody's checking for you. Yeah, I, I get I get some weird comments every now and then. Like what? Uh, what that peen do, daddy? <laughs> It's my favorite one. But that is that accent, though. Like, yeah, that's, real, that, that's spelled real. it like that. P e d e d e y. What that peen do, daddy? <laughs> but uh, no, all the fans are great. They're fantastic. They're, I, I, I mean, they're make they make it all worth it. It's better okay. than the check. Okay, almost. I was about to say, I was like, you sure? Uh, you sure, you're going to say that? Retract <laughs> that statement. Right. <laughs> Well, now that you've been at this for a while, what is your advice for aspiring actors? You know, believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. No, never, never believe. If, if there is something that someone says, you can't sing and act, do that. Do that. Just break all the rules. That's my, that's my number one piece of advice. Break every rule you can. Looking back on your career on the past 10 years and whatnot, is there anything that you would do differently? No, no. No, I might not have eaten that sandwich before I came. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no. Awesome. Well, before we wrap, we just want to give you an opportunity to kind of self-promote. Let us know what to look out for, what you have coming up, any projects or anything like that. Yes, well, follow me on Twitter at, at Travis Winfrey, same at Instagram. And like you said, I've got my film coming out, Last Hours. That'll be coming out in 2015. And just look out for Single Ladies every Monday night, 9 p.m. We'll be there. Wait, wait, what's, what's going to happen with, uh, with Omar? Oh, um, let's just say that Omar has a very drastic shift in his career, forcibly. Interesting. Okay. Ah. You heard it here first. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait. What you going to do, start selling burgers or something, Omar? A little bit better than that. <laughs> oh. Sushi. Coca-Cola. Coke. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Coke. Coke. Got some Coca-Cola. Coke dealing, <laughs> drinking. Forcibly, you know. <laughs> so bad. Where can we find you guys online? As always, hit, her, hit up that Twitter, that Instagram, and that Facebook at Meg Scoop, like scoop of ice cream. You can find me all over the internet at the Nick Predict. And find me on Twitter at I am Jessica King. Thanks for joining us, guys. We'll see you next time. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Dario Pritzker, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network. If you have questions or comments, tweet us at BHL Online or email us at info at blackhollywoodlive.com. For more exclusive content, visit blackhollywoodlive.com. This has been a presentation of the Black Hollywood Live Network. Hollywood Redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.